Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As you listen to today's message from Pastor J.D., he shares with you the why that's going on within the church. The global church can be divided over many things. And Pastor J.D. dives into some of the topics within today's world that are creating division amongst believers. What can you do to cause unity? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 28, 2021. Today, I want to answer the why question as it relates to Christians and the Christian church being so divided so confused, even deceived in these last days. I have to confess that I'm quite taken back by all the confusion, all the division, and especially the deception within the body of Christ today. I've shared very openly, very honestly really, about this in prior updates in particular. I think you'd agree with me that this is happening, but if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, what's really troubling is why it's happening. After seeking the Lord, I sensed that I was to address this matter, and I would argue that it is seemingly getting worse with each passing day, sad to say. Well, I realize that this is yet another sign of how close we are to the rapture of the church. It's still heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see Christians so divided. And it seems that Christians are fighting with everyone about everything and anything. It's interesting to note that for the last several weeks, our second service, verse by verse teaching, has sort of dovetailed into the prophecy update, but today, interestingly, it's the other way around. Instead, today's prophecy update actually dovetails into the verse-by-verse teaching in Titus today, titled, Get Your Affairs in Order. And the reason being is that we are closer to the rapture of the church than any of us even realize in our trek through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And our text today will be Titus chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Encourage you to join with us at that time. Okay, let's get started. Before we begin, as we always do, we do so with the Word of God. And we do this in order to establish a firm 
foundation as the basis. In other words, we want to go to the Word first, then what's happening in the world to connect the dots. Not go to the world and see what's happening in the world, then go to the world, uh, Word to connect the dots. That's backwards. So I would encourage you to search and examine the Scriptures for yourself, as did the Bereans in Acts 17.11, where we're told that the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. And we're told why. It's because they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day, daily, to see if what Paul said was true. So our first passage also happens to be in Acts 17, where Paul is in Athens, and he is distressed, heartbroken, to see that the city was full of idols. So what does Paul do? True to form. We love this about the Apostle Paul, right? He begins to preach to the people of Athens. And in verses 30 and 31, he says this, very interesting. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And here's why. Verse 31, because He has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man, speaking of Jesus, whom He has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising Him from the dead. Our next passage is also in the book of Acts, this time back in chapter 5. I need to give you a quick backstory first, because it's going to be germane to our understanding. So the Lord had just miraculously freed Peter and the other apostles from prison, which they were thrown into prison because they were preaching the gospel. And they were also keeping their churches open, if you will, going against the restrictions. Thank you for laughing. That's, that's a good sign. It's a good start. So then when the high priest, along with the Sanhedrin, realize this, they were at a loss, we're told. But then they're also told where Peter and the apostles were. Where do you think they were? <laughs> Back on the streets preaching the gospel. And that's what landed them in prison to begin with. So we pick it up in verse 27 of Acts 5, and we're told the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Wow. True that. That's not in the past. That's in the NIV, actually. Uh, sorry. So verse 29, Peter, I love Peter. Can't wait to meet him, by the way. Peter and the other apostles replied, 
we must obey God rather than men. Second Timothy chapter 3. I want to read verses 12 and 13, and I'm including verse 12 for a reason. And actually, it's something I'm still petitioning the throne concerning for a future update. Paul is writing to Timothy, and we were in uh, Second Timothy in our verse-by-verse study. But in verse 12, he says this to Timothy, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And while those living a godly life in Christ Jesus are going to be persecuted, here's what's going to happen. Evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Those who are deceived, deceive. That's not a play on words. Those who are deceived will deceive. Deceivers deceive. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, Jesus is teaching a parable we refer to as the parable of the sower. It's really about different types of soils upon which the seed of God's Word is sown. And when the disciples asked Him why He spoken parables, he answers them as to the reason he does, but he also explains to them the meaning of this particular parable. And in verse 22, he says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. This is one of those places in God's word where you really get a glimpse into the heart of the Apostle Paul. I don't know how you see Paul. I'm sure he may have been intimidating in some ways, and just a real strong personality. But one thing is for sure about the Apostle Paul. He had a a huge heart for the church of Jesus Christ. And he expresses his fear here. And he says, 2 Corinthians 11.3, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. James 1 verse 22, the Apostle James by the Holy Spirit writes, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Did you catch that? Deceive yourselves? It's called self-deception. You know what self-deception is? Again, I know this is deeply profound. (laughs) It means that self has been deceived by self. No, think about this. 
You can be so deceived by yourself that you believe your own lies in your deception, self-deception. <laughs> and, and notice that said self-deception is connected to the doing, not merely the hearing of God's Word. Hold on to that. That's going to come back into play. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, a passage I'm sure familiar to most. We refer to it often. The coming of the lawless one, speaking of the Antichrist, will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And verse 10, all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Last verse, Romans 13. It's where Paul is writing to the church in Rome about obeying governing authorities. Now, I want to draw your attention to verse 8 specifically, and I think you'll see why here towards the end of the update. He says in verse 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The common thread woven into the fabric of these passages and really the many others like them, is that they all speak to this propensity on the part of God's people towards deception, confusion, division. Again, it's clear that this is happening, but the elephant in the room, if I can say it that way, is why, why it's happening. And that's what I'd like to take and tackle today. At this time we're going to end the live stream here and encourage those of you that are on YouTube or Facebook to go to jdfrog.org. The link is below and you can uh, click on that link for the uncensored remainder. And when you go to the home page, select go to live stream page on the bottom left-hand corner as pictured here, and it should be uh, a seamless transition. Okay. If you'll kindly allow me to, I'm going to answer the aforementioned question of why Christians and the Christian church are so divided, confused, and deceived concerning COVID-19 and the vaccine. 
I'll add to this list of divided, confused, and deceived, also feckless, impotent, and weak. So much so, that instead of the church winning the world to Christ, the world is turning the church from Christ. While there are several reasons for this, it is my belief that the main reason is because the church has had it too good for too long, particularly here in America. And as such, the Christian and the Christian church has become spiritually soft and flabby, and it has fostered an unprecedented biblical illiteracy. And here's the thing, it's not just biblical illiteracy, it's a profound ignorance when it comes to biblical prophecy. One need look no further than to publications like Christianity Today, which I'm hesitant to quote for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the publication Christianity Today is a mirror image of the true state of Christianity Today. And it's evidenced by this article on December 11th, in which they ask, should pastors speak up about the COVID-19 vaccine? The subheading reads, with Christians split on the issue, some urge vaccination as a form of neighborly love, while others leave it up to conscience. Here are some quotes. Given the split among Christians, how should pastors engage with their congregants about the COVID-19 vaccine? Should they encourage church attenders to receive the vaccine? CT heard from five pastors about how factors like, listen to this, race, theology, and congregational makeup affect their approach to the issue. Stop right there. Excuse me? What about the Word of God? Oh no, it's race, because black lives matter. No, eternal lives matter. Oh, but we're going to make it about race. Race is going to dictate to me how I pastor my church. Not, I'm sorry, I asked the Lord. The Lord knows my heart. I don't want to. This explains it though, doesn't it? Theology. Don't think that's doctrine. No, that's theory. Theology. Our interpretation. And then how about this one? Congregational makeup. You know what that means, right? We're going to look at the demographics, and we're going to tailor the church to the demographics. And so the congregational makeup dictates to us how we do this, and whether or not we talk about this. Sounds a lot like the church of Laodicea to me. You know the word Laodicea? 
combination of two English words transliterated, laity and diocese. The laity decide and rule. This is the church in Revelation 3 that Jesus isn't even in anymore. He's knocking on the door asking to come back in. Why? Because apparently this lukewarm church that Jesus wanted to vomit out of his mouth, had determined that they were going to do church according to the demographics of Laodicea. The article then goes on to quote these five pastors, of which one said, and I quote, to receive the vaccine is yet another way to practice love for neighbor. Another pastor was quoted as saying, if they are asked whether they plan to take the vaccine, they should state their answer and follow with a statement like, that is my decision, you must do the hard work and make your own decision. Sounds at first blush like a good balanced approach, right? However, conspicuously absent from this, is any mention of the truth about the dangers of the vaccine, and worse yet, the evil prophetic agenda behind the vaccine. I'll take it a step further and suggest that instead of talking about the dangers from it and the evil agenda behind it, some pastors are actually even promoting of it. Back on August 20th, the Christian Post published a stunning article about how 2,700 evangelicals are warning against politicizing coronavirus and urging Christians to take the vaccine. The article centered on a Christian statement on science for pandemic times, which warns against the politicization, I can't even say it, maybe that's a good thing, (laughs) of the new coronavirus and urges Christians to take appropriate action against it, listen, including taking a vaccine. Quoting, we are deeply concerned about the polarization and politicization of science in the public square, when so many lives are at stake. The word science, still quoting, has become a weapon in the culture wars. Scientists are vilified and their findings ignored while conspiracy theories go viral. Sadly, Christians seem just as susceptible to these trends. Thoughtful Christians may disagree on public policy in response to the coronavirus, but none of us should should ignore clear scientific evidence. I agree, by the way. Because you know what the clear scientific evidence says? Get this. Nobody died of the flu last year. Miracle. Oh, by the way, while we're at it, the number of deaths... It's the same. Thanks for joining us for this special Mid-East Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. 
We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mid-East Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.